Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the world's greatest Doom Patrol related podcast where each episode we talk long and lovingly about our favourite superhero team, the mighty Doom Patrol. Hey, I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks. And if you want to send us emails, go to waitingfordoom at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook. Um, There's a blog about the Doom Patrol that we're friends with called mygreatestadventure80.blogspot.com. And all of our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and podbean.com. Yes, hello. I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarve. You can also find on Twitter our sentient show account, Wilfred. He's at WFDPod. And as always, we are proudly brought to you by Comicosity.com. Comicosity is a fantastic website about comics, and they focus on the comics themselves. So you'll find previews, reviews, you'll find interviews, you'll find other things that start with ooze or ends with ooze in this case. Um, but yeah, it's all about comics. It's fantastic. So if you want to know, is a comic worth reading? Just go to the site. You'll find a review of it. If you want to know what's coming out next week, they've got the hot five telling you what's coming. Uh, if you want to, you know, for an interview with Sonic created a comic. You can go there and do that. It's yeah. awesome. And they also um published little you know, bits about our podcast, which is nice. So you can yeah. you can see things about podcasting with us. Yeah. It's awesome. But they even have the, the index ladder there for the D C O C D um spin off show. Uh which is great fun to see which ranks the best so far and the worst. Pretty much <laughs> That's locked the in. DC events we're talking about. Yeah, the DC the, events. DC OCD, the DC events podcast. Which, um, yeah, we also do. Yeah, we're good friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, Paul, how have you? We've Paul, we've been on a bit of a break since. Uh, look, speaking for myself, uh, the burn run caused us a little bit of burnout. I think if you'll. Did, did. If, if you'll pardon the pun, yeah. I think we just needed some time away. And it kind of worked out okay, because it was Christmas and New Year's, and, and now we are yeah. back for year five in yeah, 2019. we had the lawyers working on our contracts, how we interact and everything, so <laughs> they all came to agreements finally, so yeah. we can continue now as yeah. we are. The sponsors yeah. are happy, you know, we've worked yeah. out a good, uh, good pay arrangement. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've got the stopwatch out. I get twenty minutes guaranteed talking every episode, and you get eighteen, I believe. So, <laughs> oh shit! Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, what have you been up to over our? I, well, it's it is literally our summer break over here in Australia. What, what have you been up to? Of, of note? Yeah, I've I've been having a good uh, long extended time off. So yeah, I've been reading comics. I've been watching movies. I set up my man cave and nice. I'm podcasting from the man cave right now. Ooh, uh, nice. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hang on. Does this mean that your internet has improved? Um, yes, it appears to have improved. Yeah. So can you remember when we first started this show? <laughs> yes, you, I can. And you were, <laughs> and you were, uh, you know, calling in from your own location and we didn't have the strongest signal there but now i honestly thought you were at the rifties um cave 
No, no, I, I'm doing it from home at the moment, which makes my wife happier. Um, some apps will be from the Rifties. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I here should... I'm surrounded surrounded by trades and pops and Lego and wow. action figures and L- Hot Wheels things. L- and Literally in your own element. And, and also, uh, Rifty, if you're listening, I, I didn't mean to say you actually live in a cave. I, I was, you know, meant the Rifties man cave, but, you know. Anyway, I've botched that up. Uh, I'm sure the Rifty oh, yeah, household... I think you were just implying that he's cool like Batman and has a cave. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. Thank you, thank you. Rifty so... man. Anyway. <laughs> Bat Rift. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, yes, what else have you been up to on your summer break? Yeah, so reading some comics. So I caught up with... Uh, I got a whole batch of trades that arrived... Um, Right at the end of the year, so I didn't have time to read them all, so I've been uh, going through those. So, uh, Snagglepuss, so I finally read all of Snagglepuss, which was cool. Very, very, um, cool. Very, um, yeah, one to savour. I think if you take your time with it, you really enjoy it. Um, okay. So that's, that, that's the comic about, uh, Snagglepuss from the cartoons being a gay playwright, uh, in the 1950s during mm. the uh, House Un American Committee, um, investigation. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and it had Huckleberry Hound in it and Quick Draw McGraw and uh, all the characters. But, um, nice. Yeah, they, it was very cool. Um, and it, but, I mean, it brought in, you know, real-world characters like Clint Eastwood and Marilyn Monroe and Arthur oh. Miller. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that, was, that was a really um, good read and uh, one of many I read. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll leave it there. What have you been reading, Mike? Um, I've... Read a bit more ElfQuest. Um, I finished the fourth book in my collection, so technically the quest has ended. Uh, they found they, some elves? They, they did find some other elves, but there's about another four books uh, that I've got there on the shelf as well, so I don't think the quest actually really completely ended. Uh, oh, those elves, you've got to catch them all. You know, <laughs> wait, what? Uh, so, yeah, some, some progress made on ElfQuest. What else? Uh, I've been catching up on some detective comics. Some Justice League and Crowded as well. I finally got into into Crowded. Um, oh, that's, that's fun, a, isn't it? It's so much fun, um, and I'm kind of interested to see because in the the last issue I read, there were photos in there of the meeting he had with Rebel Wilson uh, about how they're going to turn it into a film. So I'm this kinda, is our friend Chris Sabella. Chris Sabella, yes, uh, the writer of, of, of Crowded. So. I'm I'm very curious as to see what may eventuate on the screen in terms of Crowded, because it's got some really weird yet awesome ideas in there. Like what, I won't give anything away, but what he does with librarians in there and libraries. Um, how yep. they, they become, well, they become like sanctuaries, <laughs> um, but kind of heavily armed sanctuaries <laughs> in some cases. So, yeah, that's that's been really fun. Um, getting into that, and and what else? Um, not much more in the way of reading stuff. Uh, I did go and see uh, the Qua, the Aquaman movie. Um, oh. Yeah, he's not a Qua, he's the Qua. That was a whole thing apparently that Jason Momoa did with Kelly Sue DeConnick. I think. What? Yeah, she she does video uh, bulletins, and uh, apparently. <laughs> Apparently, this is something that Jason Momoa said that you know we've got to get the qua trending because he's not a qua, he's the qua. Oh, <laughs> so okay. yeah, yeah, it's uh, I don't know, uh, but yeah, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was a whole heap of fun. 
it was just and it was bright and colorful and it was it was big comic book action and it wasn't all grim dark and gritty and no one yelled out martha so <laughs> it was a step in the right direction I thought it was good, but I just thought it, it was fine. It was probably like the fourth best superhero movie of last year, and that's okay. that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so four is your cutoff for for fine, is it? Well, I think I saw at least five last year. So okay, yeah, Got you can, you can work that me. out in your head. Yeah, no, I can't really. I, I have trouble remembering which films I've seen at the best of times. Uh, what else did I see? There was something else, and I, as I said, I've completely forgotten it. So, yeah, it's been it's been an okay summer break. Oh, and we hosted our first uh, Christmas here. Um, now that Kylie and I and the boys moved in together um, earlier last year, we we finally did the the big grown up thing, and we hosted both our families uh, for oh. Christmas. So feeling very grown up. And it will never happen again. (laughs) Well, surprisingly, we have the room for them all, which was a bit of a shock, but um, it it went much better than expected. Everyone behaved, and, you know, there was plenty of food, so it was was a very nice Christmas day. So, yeah. Cool. That was, yeah, it's been a good summer break, but now I think we need to get back into some Doom Patrol stuff. So... Can we have a look at what's going on in terms of Doom news, please, Paul? Hell yeah. So, the big news in Doom news is that uh, the Doom Patrol TV show will be... Debuting on the 19th of February in America, I believe. Ooh. 19th? Yeah, so yeah. not long to go now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, Gerard Way, the, the writer sometimes of uh, Volume 6, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, once upon a time wrote a comic called uh, Umbrella Academy, which has also been made into a TV show and coincidentally is starting on the same date. Ah, Ah, right. Yes, yeah, so that's debuting on uh, Netflix, uh, whereas, of course, Doom Patrol is going to be on the DC app on, well, DC Universe Streaming or whatever it's mm. called. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there, there's that. Um, yeah, so and what, what we don't know much about the show. They haven't had a new trailer yet. They did do a little Christmas promo, which was really fun, of everyone lining up and was hearing their inner monologue. So included in that was Cyborg, uh-huh. um, a bit of a shorter Cyborg than we're used to, um, a chap who was in Doctor Who, Jovian Wade. I think he was in the graffiti episode where the graffiti was coming to life and crawling around. Uh, Do you remember that? No, I'd yeah. forgotten that one. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, he's a, he's a shorter man. He's sort of wearing a $6 million uh, man tracksuit. And, <laughs> yeah, he looks different. But, I mean, a lot of people have been fairly critical of the way he looks. I reckon it looks fine. It's it's not yeah. a heavy heavy metal version of um, Cyborg. But, and no. when you've got Cliff Steele on, this, on the team as well, you don't really want to go that way. No, um, no. God, no, no. Yeah, so uh, Rita, Cliff, Larry, and Crazy Jane. Jane? Mm-hmm. Yep, she's in there. Um, and, yeah, it looks great. And the Chief as well, being played by... What's his face? Tim Dalton. Tim Dalton. Timmy. What's his face? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love what's his face's output, you know. <laughs> Bond. What's his face? Bond. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's some great stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, but what's his name? Film, hot, hot, hot thingo or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. The the living what's his name? Yeah, that that <laughs> Bond film. Great one. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry. Um, and we've what? got character posters. So there's these stylish character posters for each of the characters. Um, it's sort of done in different movie era style. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's uh, one that's sort of reminiscent of, uh, you know, Top Gun and one that reminds you a bit of Dirty Dancing, etc. Yep. You know, uh, not just mimicking the era rather than the look. Yeah, of, those you know, posters were... Those. Yeah, those posters were so cool. They just... Oh, they, I, I couldn't get over how awesome they were. And with that Christmas time promo as well, I saw it before I actually heard it. So oh. I didn't get headphones <laughs> to listen to it uh, until a little bit later. And I cracked up when I heard that it was Tiny Tim's Tiptoe Through the Tulips. I was like, <laughs> that is the least Christmassy song you can have for a Christmas card <laughs> story. But some, it's the Doom Patrol and it fit really well, oddly enough. So, mm. uh, yeah, it looked it it was quirky and strange, and it was mm. uh, you know not not like the Titans show particularly. So no, no. Hmm. Anyway, um, and other news, they have announced that season two is being confirmed. So we are yep. getting two seasons of the Doom Patrol. Nice. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Nice. Uh, speaking of the Titans, as you just were a second ago, I believe that they will be getting released on Netflix here in Australia on January eleventh. So just a couple of days after we record this, which gives me hope that the Doom Patrol won't be too far behind them in terms of getting released somehow over here. Um, Ooh. Because in DC's Wisdom, um, the DC Universe app is not available outside of America. Yeah, but they rely on those sales. To, so that, I mean, that's how they can announce Season 2 is because they're selling this stuff all over the world. Yeah. So it's well. not just um, the DC Universe app that generates the money. It's the, the deals, the wheeling and dealing. So. Well, true, yeah. But, you know, I went in on the cool stuff like all the other cool kids, oh. you know. <laughs> yeah. Not for us, mate. Not at this stage. Not for us. We'll, we'll do it our own hard way, I guess. Whatever. Now tell me, are they releasing an ep at a time? Are they going to dump the whole? I am whole not sure. Shebang? If, if it's if it's Netflix being Netflix, it'll probably be the whole shebang. Oh, okay. Um, cool. But yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if they did it one ep at a time, um, because they they just seem to to dump everything all in one go for the most part over here. So yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. All right. Is that uh, ticking that I hear in the background? That is ticking you can hear, and that means that it is time to check out the one and only Doom Clock. Yes, so as we look upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it has been just over eight weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book in our hot hand, that being issue 12 of Volume 6 from Jared Way, Jeremy Lambert, Dan McDade, Tamara Bond villain Nick Darrington, Todd Klein, Molly Mahan, and Mark Doyle. That issue saw the Reynolds family fighting to free the Demonscape from Margoth the Demon Lord, and we discussed this issue back in episode 131. Uh, so looking ahead, issue 13 is at this stage scheduled for, I don't know. No. Anything? It's, it's, it's not scheduled. It's not. There's, there's nothing scheduled. It's, yeah. It's, uh, now, I would think you would want some sort of Doom Patrol on the stands around the same time as the show is starting. Oh, but yeah. apparently that decision didn't happen. So. No. No. 
Weird. Um, maybe they maybe they might do some um, reissues of of stuff to sort of you know get the name back out there in print maybe, and they might show you know different stuff from different eras. I'm just spitballing ideas here. So, Ooh. but you know, DC, you're welcome. Just you, you're right though, Paul. You know they need something on the shelves to to tie in. Well, maybe not directly tie in. Maybe just you know have something there. That would be nice. Mm. Just saying, because otherwise we're back to how we were when we first started the show. Yeah. Waiting and waiting. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, shoot, we've got another This Week in Doom Troll History. Do you want to do the guessing game again, Paul, to kick off? I'd love year? to do the guessing game. Okay. I'm okay, I'll pumped. Try, I'll, I'll try and make it easy for you. Um, okay. okay, the issue number mm. is the same as... An event title. Uh, oh, okay. It's, it's issue fifty-two. Yes. And as far as I know, there's only one been one fifty-two, and that's towards the end of the Grant Morrison run. Yes. Uh, which is that the one with uh, lots of horrible stuff in Jane's memories? Is that that one? No. This one is no. titled "After the Cabaret," and it shows Mister Nobody on his quest to become president of America. Uh, so okay. he's, he's formed the new Brotherhood of Data, uh, and he's uh, basically on a large stage and about to uh, do his speech uh, to the gathered crowd about his uh, slightly insane platform of declaring war on the way things are. Uh, but Lovely. then government strike force turns up, led by the ultimate assassin, John Dandy. Mm. Um, and it all goes to hell in a handbasket quite quickly after that. So yes, uh, issue 52 of Doom Patrol Volume 2 went on sale for a mere dollar fifty on January 7th of 1992 with a cover date of February of that year. It was brought to us by Grant Morrison, Richard Case, Philip J. Bond, Johnny Workman Jr., Daniel Vozzo, Tom Robert Payer, and had a cover by Jamie Hewlett. So yeah, we covered that one all the way back in episode 68 from August of 2016. So Wow. That was a while ago. One one side note about that issue as I was looking through it again today. At the very end, a young girl finds a scrap of the painting that ate Paris. Because, of course, yeah. Mr. Nobody had it there, you know, to try and cause craziness mm. on his quest for presidency. And then she's holding the scrap and she picks up a rock and throws it as a car, at a car as it's driving off. And then, you know, she cracks a window and she does a little dance and dis- disappears. Mm. I always wondered what happened to that girl. Mm. I would love to see her sort of come back somehow grown up with having this little scrap of craziness on, upon her person as she yeah. matured and, you know, possibly a new villain, you know. A- again, DC, you're welcome. I'm just spitballing ideas. <laughs> I'm an ideas factory. Uh, yeah, the happy little anarchist. What's she up to? <laughs> yeah, whatever happened to her, you know? <laughs> this, this, you know, I'm, I'm available, DC. I'm, I'm right here. Yeah, just... <laughs> and uh, anyway, now, I, I swear to God, if I see that storyline appear <laughs> in a future issue, I'll be really annoyed. And I'll be asking for a check, you know? Anyway, that's enough rambling from me. That is it for the Doom Clock this week. <laughs> To confront the ultimate killers, I must construct the ultimate alias. 
Hey, who is that lady? I think she could fly. To combat the murderers who destroy my family, crush my own life on their way to consuming everything, I must become a greater, more fearsome destroyer. Hey man, somebody killed this lady. To track down the animals who prey on the innocent, I must stalk them first. I am no longer their quarry. I am the Huntress. New Huntress Podcast, coming to you in 2019. Visit thehuntress89.blogspot.com for new episodes. Go to the Facebook page, at Huntress Podcast. Go to Twitter, The Huntress Podcast. And you can always find episodes of The Huntress Podcast at rightonnetwork.com. And go to Apple iTunes, where this podcast is a joint venture with the Helena Bertinelli podcast and the Cassandra Kane Batgirl podcast. So go to Apple Podcasts, the Batgirl slash Huntress podcast. And now it's time for Doom Splaining, the segment of the show where we take a deeper dive into all things related to the Doom Patrol. And this week, we're doing something a little bit different. We are going to do uh, basically DP101 Redux, I think you called it, <laughs> 1.4. Maybe it's DP102. We're going to give a bit of a coverall, a, a bit of a hot highlights overview. look. Bit of an overview, that's the word I was grasping for, uh, about the different volumes of the Doom Patrol because... Uh, obviously, with the, the arri- impending arrival of the TV show, there's a lot of interest, and there's a lot going on, not necessarily on the printed page, but anyway. Uh, so, Paul, kick us off with Volume 1 of the Doom Patrol. Sure. Volume 1 of the Doom Patrol. In 1963, uh, a guy called Arnold Drake and an artist called Bruno Premiani and another guy called Bob Haney, they cooked up a little series called The Doom Patrol and it debuted in a comic called My Greatest Adventure 80. Uh, that was the issue number, number 80. Mm-hmm. I'm just used to saying that because of Doug's website. Um, and, yeah, so The Doom Patrol. And it was quite a sophisticated comic for DC at the time. Like, the art was probably a lot better than what you were seeing in most places. Oh, Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, um, and the stories were, you know, were, were crazy uh, out there. So, you know, so this assembled the team. So the very first issue, we introduced to Cliff Steele, Robot Man, who is the race car driver who had a terrible accident, and the, there's a guy called The Chief, who's the old man in the wheelchair with the beard, who shows up at the Doom Patrol, and he did, um, he saved Cliff's life and transplanted his brain into a robot body. So then we have Cliff Steele, one of the cornerstone characters of the DC Universe and the Doom Patrol. We also get Rita Farr, who was a actress and an Olympic swimmer, I believe, and yep. uh, very accomplished. And she, you know, a 1960s actress, and uh, she had an accident and fell off a bridge into this re- weird river with chemicals in it in Africa, yep. and that... Um, caused her to become stretchy and um you know she can elongate her body but make things larger like she can grow in size she can make her arm really big she can make herself tiny and squeeze into things so rita far so that's where she came from uh we also uh, met larry trainer who was a jet pilot which is one of the coolest things you could be in the 60s um <laughs> and he um uh, flew too far and too uh, high and went through some weird energy and it turned him into a sort of radioactive man with the ability to unleash uh, a negative energy 
being that sort of zaps around and does things. Mm-hmm. And of course, the chief was the, the the scientist who assembled all these people together and said, you know, let's form a team and uh, we will, you know, you know, be a family. Uh, so yes. that's one of the weird things about the Doom Patrol. They are a family of misfits uh, mm-hmm. under the chief. Um, so in this run, we had uh, so it started in 1963. Uh, in the sixth issue, they introduced the Brotherhood of Evil, which is uh, their main villains. That's uh, made up of a, a brain, but this one's not in a robot body. It's a guy called the Brain, and he's uh, like in a in a little pedestal with a skull face and yeah. a brain dome on top of it. Yeah, and he has a um, gorilla assistant called Monsieur Mala, who. Um, the brain experimented on him and uh, gave this gorilla, uh, you know, enhanced intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's his sort of um, his muscle and his, um, you know, good friend. And we'll find out <laughs> how good later. <laughs> yep. Uh, he also had a, a French woman called uh, Madame Rouge, who is a, you know, she's sort of like elastic, but more like Mr. Fantastic Elastic rather than mm. uh, Rita. She doesn't get large, but she can change her appearance and, you know, stretch and things like that. Yeah. They had a dwarf on the team called Giacomo, which no one seems to remember. <laughs> and well, there was also a, well. Well, he only appeared like, what, once? <laughs> Twice, if that. Well, Twice, maybe, yeah. Poor Giacomo. And one of them, he was in disguise as a schoolgirl. You know, yes, so. he was. Poor Giacomo. And they also had a man called Mr. Morden, who was like, um, he was like their driver, wasn't he? We, we never really, he drove their killer robot, Rog. Yes, that was pretty much all he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> driver of killer yeah. robots, yes. <laughs> so what they did, and on the sixth issue, because um, it was so popular, Doom Patrol, they changed the name of My Greatest Adventure to Doom Patrol with number 86. So that was the first issue of Doom Patrol, but the sixth uh, comic. Mm. It went for 42 issues, um, and across yep. that run they did a few things. They introduced a character called Mento, who was <sighs> uh, not Mike's favourite character, but he's oh. a millionaire um, who dabbles in invention and sort of wants to be a hero and, you know, hang out with the Doom Patrol and help them, but also, you know, show them up to be not as cool as him. Um, And he just hung around being really annoying. Um, In issue 99, they introduced a character called Beast Boy, Gar Logan, who um, everyone knows about. He's in the Titans uh, for many, many years. And this was, he first appeared in Doom Patrol 99, which I bought a copy of over the holidays. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Shout out to Jake in America. Thanks, Mm -hmm. Jake. Yep. Um, In issue 102, they did a crossover with the Challengers of the Unknown, who were a team of four guys and occasionally a girl who um, just basically had adventures under the earth and in space and, you know, in volcanoes, etc. So they teamed up with them. Um, In issue 104, this is very controversial, but um, there was a wedding where Rita Mm. married Mento. Yeah, mm. and, and yeah. look, the reason I don't like Mentor isn't because he got married and to read. I'm like, you know, it's not that I'm in love with a fictional character. It's more like Mentor's just a jerk. He's just oh, I don't. I'll stop there. But yes, anyway, he is pompous. He's pompous and he's yes. sort of insecure. And yeah, but yeah, and he has mind control powers, which makes his whole wedding to Rita fairly suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um. Now, in the issue, uh, well, many times they fought the Brotherhood of Evil. They uh, fought a guy called Garguax, who was like a space um, um, 
dictator with um, a plastic army. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had all sorts of crazy adventures. And, you know, Cliff regularly got destroyed, like his body was always getting perforated and ripped and stretched and bashed. Take a um, drink. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, eventually, in issue 121, so after a few years, so this is in 1967, the team were executed by their um, their brand new foe uh, General Zal who's yep. like a Nazi and uh, he teamed up with Madame Rouge and they sort of had a little war with the Brotherhood of Evil and they tried to murder the Brotherhood of Evil as well and it looked like they succeeded but one of the things they did was they trapped the Doom Patrol and said um, we're going to launch a missile, they're in a submarine we're going to mo- launch a missile at this island and kill everyone on the island unless uh, you guys agree to sacrifice yourselves and you know they thought the Doom Patrol would um, say no, no we're not doing that and they would show the Doom Patrol up as you know fake heroes but the Doom Patrol said no we, they all joined hands and said, do your worst, yep. and they got blown up. And that was the death of the Doom Patrol and the death of the comic because of falling sails. Mm. Yeah, mm. They, they sacrificed themselves to save a, a small fishing village with a population of 14 people. 14 people, yeah. Yeah, you know, so uh, that, that to me is, is like heartbreaking, but it also gets down to how heroic they actually are. Um, yeah. And yes, it's a sad ending, but I love it. It's it's so, so good. four years of volume one. That was all there was, mm. and that was the end of the Doom Patrol, or was it? Well, not really, because uh, they had a few appearances in uh, what we refer to as the Wilderness Years, uh, which is between 1977 and 1985. They first, well, not reappeared, but the new. Doom Patrol appeared in the Showcase comic uh, from 1977, issues 94 to 96. They had a new team, which still had Cliff Steel Robot Man in there, but had new members, uh, Arani Desai, who uh, went by the codename of Celsius, and she could blast uh, heat out of one hand and uh, ice out of the other, hence the name. We had... We had Joshua Clay, uh, who went by the codename of Tempest. Uh, and now he could fly and create winds uh, and like power blasts and that. So, uh, and he was strong. Strong, yeah. He was also uh, an army vet uh, and kind of the team medic as well. So that was and a uh, black guy. Yeah, and a, and a black guy. And uh, you should find out, Arani was an Indian woman. So we've got more diversity here in the team already. Uh, and Valentina Vostok uh, became the new negative woman. Um, now, you'll have to help me remember how she got the negative being energy from here, Paul, because it's been a while. She flew near the island where they got destroyed. and Of course. Right. Yeah, and she got affected by the negative energy. So it was like, uh, the theory is that the negative energy was just hanging around after the death of Larry, and she yep, basically it. picked it up and it latched onto her and turned her into negative woman. Mm. But she didn't have the bandages at first. No, no. She was uh, a rather attractive blonde woman with a very low-cut outfit. <laughs> Who knows Not why? Not that we noticed. <laughs> Uh, they then turned up in uh, the 1979 Superman family comics where they had uh, an adventure with uh, Supergirl, uh, of all people. And I, that was a story involving warring uh, scientists with like gravity control suits. That was a little bit odd. Uh, they then turned up in New Teen Titans uh, issues 13 through 15 uh, from 1981 where uh, basically Mento, who... Uh, along with Rita, was the adoptive parents 
of Beast Boy, um, Gar Logan, uh, they went and got revenge uh, on Zal and Madame Rouge for the death of the original Doom Patrol, and they found Cliff Steel Robot Man kind of strung up uh, in a jungle, as you do. Yeah, and that was a real big reintroduction of the team because a lot of people mm. had, you know had never met the team before and new teen titans was such a hot comic so when it yeah. came along it's a bit like the doom Patrol debuting in the titans tv show when you think about it isn't it true oh my gosh there you go <laughs> then in 1982 in dc comics presents 52 this is the issue where valentina first gets her bandages uh making her look more like you know negative man did and it's also the first appearance of ambush bug which was, uh, that was created by Keith Giffen, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, who then went on to write the Doom Patrol in a later volume, but we'll get to that later. Then in 1983, uh, this new version of the Patrol appeared in the Daring New Adventures of Supergirl, where they helped her take on Reactron. Uh, that was a cool story. Uh, and then in 1985, they had a very small appearance in Crisis. Like, I think it was, you saw the back of Robot Man's head. In a couple mm. of panels. But they were there. They were like, well, who wasn't in the DCU there? So. Yeah, so Crisis on Infinite Earths was the big crossover, the first really big DC Universe crossover, mm. and the first uh, DC event that we covered in DC OCD. This is true. Mm. Mm. Yes, and that brings us to Volume 2. So finally, after all this renewed interest, uh, in 1987, they got a new volume. So, And it was written by Paul Kupperberg, who uh, we had on the show as uh, an interview, uh, uh, drawn by Steve Lytle and later by Eric Larson from the Image stuff. Yep. Uh, it went for about 20 issues with this creative uh, team. And some of the highlights of that was uh, this is Arani and Tempest and uh, uh, Cliff again, but they get new young team members. So uh, this whole time, the chief has been missing, presumed dead. Um, but one of the things was Arani is she says that she was married to the chief. Mm. Um, yeah, so a lot of this is driven by her commitment to keep the team going and also find the chief because she did not believe that he was dead. So in uh, Doom Patrol 3 through 6 they introduced new young hip team members. So we've got <laughs> Lodestone who was, uh, Lodestone had magnetic power. She was a girl called Rhea Jones. Yep. Uh, and we've got Karma, Wayne Hawkins who was a, a punk and yep. he had um, sort of good luck powers so that if anyone tried to grab him they would miss. Um, I wish like, they would so. bring Karma back. I really do. He's such a dork. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he was. Um, it was a character they never really did much with. No. Um, and speaking of characters they never really did much with, there was Scott Fisher, who uh, had he had he could generate heat from his hands, and he was just a, a dork, yeah. like a, a country country boy who joined the team. He never really got to do anything except by accident and. You know, he didn't. People were always telling him to wait behind, and he didn't even have a code name. No, so we mate gave him one. We hot called hands. him Hot Hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you're welcome, yeah. DC. Again, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so there were a few other highlights in this run. So in issue 13, they introduced a new character called Dorothy Spinner, <gasps> uh, who we affectionately called the Ape Face Girl Dorothy, mm. and she had um, she could make her imagination manifest as in physical form. So yes. she had imaginary friends, and she could uh, just imagine stuff. And yeah, um, she just seemed like a minor character introduced in this story, but um, she came into her own a bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, in issue 15, they finally revealed that the chief was alive, and he was working with the government, um, and he sort of regretted his time with the Doom Patrol. 
Um, and then in issue 17 and 18, there was a crossover called Invasion, which happened across the DC Universe. All the aliens uh, banded together to kill all the superheroes on Earth. Um, and the upshot of it was they only really killed Doom Patrol members. <laughs> yeah. And um, this was sort of a parting gift of um, Paul Kupperberg, the outgoing writer, for the incoming writer, Grant Morrison. So uh, with issue 18, that era of the Doom Patrol ended, and we moved on to um, Grant Morrison's run. But in this issue 17 and 18, Arani, she sacrificed herself, um, sort of almost committed suicide, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep, she died. Uh, Scott died of the gene bomb. The, The aliens detonated a gene bomb. Um, and anyone with um, the genetic abnormality that made them a superhero, a metahuman, they would um, they were affected, and he died. Um, Karma left the team because the cops were chasing him for accidentally killing a security guard. Yep. And Larry Trainer, who also returned and was fighting with uh, Val Vostok over the Navy of Energy, um, he was in a coma at the end of this. Yeah. Um, so at the end of issue 18, Val left to rejoin um, the sort of spy agency called Checkmate. Right? Yeah. 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 Which brings us to the next part of Volume 2. Yes, which went from 1989 to 1992, uh, mostly under Grant Morrison's pen. And this section of Volume 2 is well known for being really weird and rather mature in certain aspects. Went for 46 issues and is probably uh, the best known volume out there. Yeah. I think that's safe to say, because it was just, when it was first coming out, it was just so out there, and there were so many wild and crazy ideas in there, that, yeah, it definitely made its mark on comicdom. So, uh, issue 19 is where we first meet Crazy Jane, who goes on to become one of the the members of the team. Uh, She has multiple personalities, and each personality has a different superpower. But as the story goes on, you learn that um, she has a very tragic backstory and some quite heartbreaking issues involving her. So uh, we also get introduced to Rebus, who is kind of an update on the negative man (laughs) character in that um, Rebus is a a hermaphroditic character with the negative being inside them. So they still have the negative energy, but they're also part man and part woman. And that's because Larry's body in the coma gets merged with... What was his doctor's name? I know it was Eleanor. I want to say Eleanor Pool. Eleanor Pool. I was right. Eleanor Pool. There you yep. go. So their bodies merge. I can't remember what caused them to merge. It was an explosion of some sort, though. It was the energy. The energy came and grabbed them both. There you go. I thought it was something to do with the gene bomb going off, but... Eh, what do I know? I've only been doing this show for years. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Dorothy joins the team. Uh, Dorothy, the eight-faced girl, joins the team in issue 23. And that's the same issue. We first meet Mr. Nobody, who was Mr. Morden in a previous life. But basically he went insane and lost his human form and came back as this bizarre silhouette shadow figure. And in the TV show, it's been announced that Mr. Nobody will be the first big villain that the team meet. And he's going to be voiced by Alan Tudyk. And I can't wait to see what he does with that character. 
Because that's gonna be great. Gonna, it's going to be so good. Anyway, uh, Mr. Nobody goes on to form the Brotherhood of Data in issue 25. Uh, now, Dadaism is an art movement where basically they threw all the rules out the window. And yep. it was all about chaos and you know uncertainty and just going Ab- going crazy with it. Absurdity as well, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, issue 30, we learn about the underground, which is uh, within... Crazy Jane's psyche, uh, I guess. It's like an underground underground railroad track of where all her different personalities live. And the backstory on that, uh, it, it kind of comes out of how she was treated as a child and how she separates and compartmentalizes the different personalities. Uh, issue 34, um, the brain and Monsieur Mallow return. And, Paul, you were saying they were good friends earlier? <laughs> yes. Um, in this issue, they declare their love for one another. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. It's yep. very modern, very progressive. Uh, issue 35, we see uh, the fe- first appearance of Flex Mentallo and Danny the Street. Paul, do you want to talk about Flex? Well, Flex is basically a fictional... Uh, superhero who's a bodybuilder mm-hmm. and um, someone you know, it, there was a basically a psychic guy who was writing uh, comics and his comic his psychic powers is, were so strong that he actually brought his comic characters to life and Flex Mentallo was the main one of those and mm. um, yes he had uh, a thing called the uh, <laughs> The hero flex that he could do, which um, basically creates an aura above him that says hero of the beach. And he basically is a, a muscle man who dresses in a sort of leopard skin leotard sort of thing. Uh, he was yeah. like a, a riff on the old Charles Atlas bodybuilding ads that used to be on yeah. comics. Yeah. And yeah, I thought he was bizarre and cool when he first appeared, but I love what they did with him in volume six. Of the mm. Doom Patrol, they really fleshed out his character there. Danny the Street is a transvestite sentient street who yes. can teleport the team anywhere in the world. And he yeah, he acts as their base. Yes, he, he acts as their base later on, and he communicates with them, uh, you know, through window signs and, you know, smoke coming out from vents on the street. Um, one of the most creative characters I think will we've ever seen in comic books. And Danny's just awesome. Uh, and Danny goes on to become a brick later on, a world, and, you know, Danny the Ambulance in Volume 6. So he's kind of unkillable, which is awesome. Being confirmed for the TV show as well. I know! How are they going to do that? I, I, <laughs> I just... I, I, oh, my mind is blown, sir. My mind is blown. Uh, issue 44, we meet the Candlemaker. Now... The Candlemaker was basically a creation from Dorothy the Eight-Faced Girl's imaginary powers uh, that come to life, but was also given form thanks to Niles Calder's inventions, shall we say, Uh, and was responsible for basically bringing about the end of the world and well and truly dismantling the team. Yep. Yep. Uh, And, like ripping Niles' head off from his body. <laughs> and, yeah, it's... This, uh, anyway. Uh, issue 45 had one of Paul's favourite characters of all time, the Beard Hunter. Uh, <laughs> who was... Imagine, <laughs> imagine the Punisher, except he only punishes people with facial hair. <laughs> That's pretty much it. 
Yeah, yeah, yes. that that was the entire issue. <laughs> and he That's, because uh, Niles has a beard, the beard hunter set his sights on Niles, the chief. So Yeah. I oh, I would love to see the beard hunter in the T V show. <laughs> uh, it's gonna happen, I bet you. It'll have to, it'll have to. Uh issue fifty six, uh Joshua Clay, okay, Tempest, he dies. Uh there are certain dark revelations. Should we mention some of them, Paul, considering they're like twenty something years old, or should we leave it for people to discover themselves? Um, let's leave it there. I mean most people I think would know them, but if you don't then you don't want to know them at this stage. So. No. No. Yeah. Uh, especially if they end up using it on the show uh and then in issues 62 and 63 we had some departures from the team danny went from danny the street to becoming danny the world uh and jane and rebus left our reality and went off to live in danny the world that was very sad Hmm. it was yeah it was very sad and then we uh volume two continued but we went on with a new creative team uh starting in issue 93 paul yeah that was uh rachel pollock um and she's a trans person so um yeah and she brought a very different sensibility to the comic it was Mm. very weird but it had um lots of uh, focus on identity whereas i think grant morrison did a real focus on conformity versus strangeness and yes. you know yeah where she was very much into let's explore identity you know individual identity mm-hmm. and so this and the first issue of this was doom patrol 64 which was the very first vertigo comic which um, Ooh, dc yeah. basically built a brand around what the dc um, doom patrol title had been doing and i thought okay let's formalize this and say it's for adults and it's weird yeah. um yeah, and so Vertigo. Uh, it went for 25 issues. Um, Richard Case was the first uh, artist on it. He stayed on from Grant Morrison Run, and then it was basically a few people, and then ended up mostly with a guy called Ted McKeever. And it's mm-hmm. really weird, edgy stuff, isn't it? I, I also want to give a shout-out to Linda Medley, who did a lot of the, those first um, issues after Richard Case as well. She did, like, the Fox and the Crow storyline. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and helped... I, I, I've always really liked her work when they were they moved out to Violet Valley. So, yeah, Linda Medley as well. Yeah, Yeah. so Cliff stayed on. Uh, some things that happened in this run, he got his... Basically, he'd lost a physical brain and he was just a sort of digital recreation. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this run, he got his uh, physical brain back. Yeah. Um, they introduced the... Well, well, they were the bandage people, but they were George and Marion, and they were... Oh, well, they're... <laughs> Good luck summarising <Yeah>. this. <laughs> Basically, uh, in Violet Valley, there's the base that the Doom Patrol chose was haunted by the ghosts of people who had had accidents in sexual misadventures. Yes. Uh, and they were called the sexually remainded spirits. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah... That's that happens in this run. Um, in Doom Patrol seventy, they introduced the very first uh, trans superhero, uh, a lady called Kate Godwin, yep. who was known as Coagula. Um, oh yeah, and that issue is an absolute cracker. She uh, fights a villain called Codpiece, who basically has lots of gadgets that um, he connects to his crotch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, yeah, he's I'm like a... it's like Iron Man, but focused in one area. Yeah, yeah. Iron Man. With a crotch focus, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And th- this run, you know, after uh, when did it end? Eighty-seven was the last issue, 
and it, and it brought back the, the chief. The chief, um, despite getting his head ripped off, was mm-hmm. still able to function due to nanites. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then in 1995, this run ended, and uh, we had a little pause from the Doom Patrol for a little a yeah. few years. Yeah, so Volume 3 of the Doom Patrol didn't appear till 2001, uh, running for 22 issues, so up to 2003. Uh, written by John R. Cudi, with art by Tan Eng Huat for the majority of the run. Uh, this introduced us to a, a new sort of entrepreneur, multimillionaire guy called Thayer Joss, who somehow bought the rights to the Doom Patrol. Uh, so he formed a new team, which thankfully still had Cliff Steel Robot Man on there, and a bunch of new members. Uh, so there was a girl called Shailene, uh, with the codename Fever. She could create heat. Uh, another girl called Ava, uh, with the codename Freak. She had sort of monstrous demonic tendrils that could come out of her body. Uh, fast forward... Uh, uh, a charming person named Ted, uh, who was also called Negative Ted, and the new Negative Man because he was just so horrible to everyone else. But his power was to look 30 seconds into the future. Uh, and then another kid, Vic, who went by the name of Kid Slick, who kind of had a, a frictionless force field that could appear around him. Um, so, yeah, they were an interesting team. This, I, I think this was influenced by the artist and that as the series got towards its end, there were, well, even partway through it as well, there was a lot more Asian influences in it. You had, like, tales taken out of sort of, like, ancient Chinese eras, and uh, you had Chinese demons and Chinese armour appearing in it. So it was um, a really interesting look and uh, a setting for this this team. Uh, in issue four, we actually had two Doom Patrols. So we had Thayer Joss' new one. Then we had a second one, which had Elongated Man, Metamorpho, uh, I believe Dr. Light, uh, the female Dr. Light, yep. and uh, Beast Boy as well. So they sort of came... Uh, <laughs> it all came to a head with both teams there as they were um, fighting Chinese demons. Uh, issue nine of that, we actually had the death of Dorothy Spinner. And that was oh, that was another sad one because it finally gave us some some closure as to what happened to Dorothy and the old team, but in this new volume. And that was so well done. That was mm. oh, that was heartbreaking stuff. And um, yeah, in in the, the final issue, which we haven't got to yet, but spoiler alert, uh, the team disbanded. But um, we'll be covering the finale of, of volume three in the next episode of Waiting for Doom. So you'll have to tune back in for that one. Yeah, and that brings us to, um, well, Volume (laughs) 4. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Star Wars has the prequels, Doom Patrol has um, Volume 4, basically. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, noted comic creator John Byrne took over the team, and he didn't really like all the weirdness, so he started again. Mm. So he just basically did a new continuity for the team, ignoring everything that went before um, for no good reason, and that probably hurt his sales tremendously, I would say, yeah. on this book. So uh, Volume 4 started in 2004, so just one year after Volume 3 ended. Um, he kicked it off in the Justice League JLA comic introducing the team there and he introduced uh, in issue 94 he introduced new characters Nudge who's uh, a young lady Asian lady with um, sort of she's got every power you can think of to do <laughs> tele- 
telepathy and she, telekinesis she, and yeah, she's kind of like Jean Grey from the X Men, but just yeah. Ugh, anyway, overkill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she also uh, they also introduced a four armed gorilla called Grunt, who was actually mm. um, a, a boy. Um, anyway, yeah. yeah, they get to that. So they introduce them in the Justice League arc, and then uh, we had. 20, no, no, it wasn't 24 issues, it was 18 issues of the Doom Patrol under the, with this new continuity setting up things and uh, not being very good, really. Um, <laughs> and we've just finished covering it, thank goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I still want to know, Paul, uh, who are the devolutionists? Yeah, uh, uh, well, well, we, who, well, we read it, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then, thankfully, uh, Infinite Crisis came along in 2006, and uh, thanks to shenanigans in there, I think it was a Superboy punching reality. It basically reset all of DC continuity and kind of erased what John Byrne had done completely <laughs> and uh, reconnected it all to the first three volumes. But it was very overt, like it literally had... You know, the team going, hang on, why do we remember some things and not other things? And what's going on? And, you know, mm. like Gar Logan meeting Rita and you're going, hang on, aren't you my adopted mum? And she's going, what? And, you know, and then continuity sort of readjusted and everything reconnected and, you know, became normalised. Yes. So, yes. Hmm. so but thank you, Infinite Crisis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, finally, they had another crack at the Doom Patrol in 2009 with Volume 5, which we are yet to cover. That's coming up this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was done by Keith Giffen, who has you know, been involved with the Doom Patrol here and there over the years, yep. and Matthew Clark, the superb artist, and they did 22 issues. It sort of had a lead-in through 52, which was a big event that uh, took place over 52 issues, uh, one week in real time for each issue. Um, mm. And it starts with the Doom Patrol basically being the in-house super team on Oolong Island, which was one of the main locales in 52. Um, And highlights of this round include the first issue, which uh, has the death of Nudge and Grant. Oh, Um, dude, spoilers! (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, we've got and that I, to look forward should, to. I should mention at this point, um, when I was at Heroes Con, I said to, I asked a question of uh, Keith Giffen when he was in a panel. I said, um, you know, what, how did you connect to old continuity with your Doom Patrol run, um, particularly with the John Byrne run? Uh, I noticed that you killed uh, <laughs> Nudge and Grunt, and he said, yeah, well, well fuck but John Byrne was basically what he said. <laughs> So he wasn't a fan of that run either. Oh, wow. So, so hang on, yeah. you went to HeroesCon, did you? <laughs> Let's keep the callbacks coming. Um, <laughs> and the team had a counsellor, which um, it was Rocky from the Challengers of the Unknown. Remember mm. them back in Volume 1? Yeah. So uh, he was hanging around. He'd be- um, basically become a psychologist and was talking to the team about their trauma. So trauma was a really big theme of this one, wasn't it? It was, yeah. There's some very full-on scenes involving Rita and her husband, uh, Steve Dayton, a.k.a. Mento. And there's a lot of trauma to do with messing with minds, literally. And, Mm. yeah, it's... it's, this, This is the run for me that kicked off my love affair with the Doom Patrol again. Volume yeah. 5 is, is one of my all-time favourite volumes of, of the Doom Patrol. It's just... Yeah. It's so well done. Anyway, sorry, keep going, Paul. Keep going. 
Yeah, so highlights in this run. In issue seven, Danny comes back as a brick after previously being a world. Mm. Um, we also get Ambush Bug sort of joining the tr- team informally. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, Ambush Bug is a pretty crazy character. If you're unfamiliar with him, he's, um, yeah, uh, kind of like Deadpool without the guns. Like, uh, yeah. self aware, yeah. um, you know, smart ass, all that. Uh, yeah. In issue 16, they brought back Ted Bruder from Volume 3. Mm, negative so, Ted, yeah. Yeah. And in uh, the final issue, basically, they they cleared the decks for the new continuity coming in, which was uh, being shepherded in by the events of Flashpoint, which sort of reset the Doom, uh, the DC universe again. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. One of my favourite things from Volume 5, and this has actually been shown in the Titans episode of the Doom Patrol, is that uh, Rita's state when she's not looking human is basically a giant puddle of goo although in the titans episode it was more like a big blob or a cocoon or something but the minute i saw that i was like oh my god they've taken something from volume five and added it in there Um, and even in the the poster you you know how we're talking earlier they've done the individual posters for them um if you look at rita's poster uh she she looks like a movie star you know, un- until you get down to where her legs and ankles are, and there again is quite a large mass of flesh there. Um, mm. uh, and so th- that again is something that's kind of you know taken from Volume Five. So I love that they've done that because yeah, the, her oh gosh, her or well, her backstory as told in Volume Five is so good, so well done. It's it's oh, I love it, love it, love it. Anyway. <laughs> And that takes us up to the most recent volume, volume 6, which launched in 2016 and has gone for pretty much 12 issues uh, over the course of two years. Mm. Uh, so yes, that was that was led by Gerard Way and Nick Derrington under the Young Animal pop-up imprint from DC Comics. So Young Animal was going to be, I guess, like a new Vertigo. It was, you know, comics for dangerous humans. Uh, it was all meant to be, you know, wild, wacky stuff, and that's where the Doom Patrol got moved. And Young Animal's pretty much wrapped up now, I believe. Although yep. they've said that it might come back, but yeah. we, we we don't know. But in the very first issue, we meet Casey Brink and Terry Nunn. Casey is uh, an ambulance driver who is somehow connected to the Doom Patrol, uh, and it turns out that the ambulance she is driving around in is actually Danny the Ambulance, a.k.a. Danny the Brick, a.k.a. Danny the World, (laughs) formerly known as (laughs) Danny the Street. Issue 6, we had Crazy Jane return to the team after some wild, wacky stuff where she, one of her personalities had asserted control and was basically leading a cult of, of people. Uh, we then also had in there the Milk Wars crossover, which was just brilliantly bizarre, but it was basically taking uh, the DC heroes from, I guess, the main DC lines, so you had Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and the Justice League of America, becoming very homogenized, very safe versions of themselves. So Wonder Woman was more like a 1950s housewife, and Batman was a, a priest. Uh, <laughs> and mm. it was very bizarre, but kind of cool at the same time. Uh, what did you like from Volume 6, Paul? Uh, I, I like that they brought Flex back in uh, Issue yes. 3, I believe. Um, 
Yeah, and it had a huge team, so there's quite a big cast of characters. So, uh, you know, Cliff was there, Larry was there, um, of course Jane came back in, uh, yep. they brought the chief in, and they basically told the chief to go away again, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and also, yeah, Milk Wars brought um, Rita back into, quote-unquote, the reality as well, through a bizarre, bizarre chain of events. Um, mm. But yeah, it was cool to see her back in, I guess, reality. So uh, I think my favourite thing about Volume 6 was Nick Darrington's art. It was just yes. so cool uh, and such a, such a gorgeous take on, on the team and, and just the way he composed pages. Like one of the very first issues where uh, those, those robot troopers are, are bursting up the stairs to Casey's apartment to hunt down Robot Man and just the the panels as they're, you know, storming up the staircase. That was so well done. And the, the fight Vectra. scene. The Vectra, that's what they were called. Gosh, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, and the fight scene between the Vectra and, and Robot Man, that was so well done for like... You know, and and I, I don't know about you, but I had never heard of Nick Darrington before then. So it, for me, he came out of nowhere. So Yeah. But as for what the future is for Volume 6, um, we don't really know. Yeah, it, it hasn't. It's, it's a bit like a podcast that just stopped releasing episodes. They haven't said it's over, <laughs> but they haven't said when they're coming back. Yeah, yeah. So, who knows? But uh, as we were saying earlier, it would be silly for them to not have some sort of Doom Patrol book on the shelves um, soon. soon to tie in with the show or, you know give people a nudge towards reading, you know, previous adventures. So, yeah, yeah. that that's a, a very high-level overview of the Doom Patrol history. Yeah, but most of these issues are available in one form or another, so all of Volume 1 is in trade uh, or hardcover. Yep. Uh, there's a big omnibus which collects all of Volume 1. Volume 2, the uh, Kupperberg stuff is not collected, but it's all on Comixology. The Morrison stuff is heavily collected. It's been in trade, yes. so it was in six trades, and they did three bigger trades, and it's been in an omnibus, so they're, they're all out there, and they're all on Comixology if you want to read them. Um, all of Volume 2 is on Comixology, but uh, they did announce a Pollock trade and then uh, cancelled it, um, so they yeah. can read them online if you want. Um, Volume 3, the Arcudi Hewitt issues have never been collected and aren't on Comixology, you know. Always hope that they get there somehow, sometime. Yeah. And uh, the Burn stuff, um, you can read the JLA arc online, but uh, the Doom Patrol, his Doom Patrol run is um, not there to be read, and that's probably for the best. Uh, <laughs> all of Volume 5 is uh, on Comixology, and there are two trades that collect two-thirds of it, basically. And, of course, all of Volume 6 is now collected in two trades. It's also on Comixology, and there's yep. the Milk Wars trade as well. So you can get most of it. Yeah, yeah. And the ones you can't, we have talked about them in previous episodes. So, yep. yeah, you, you'll have to go listen to them to get caught up. Mm. But yeah. Anyway... I think that's the history of the Doom Patrol, Doomsplained. Yep, Doomsplained done.
And now it's the part of the show where we go to the mailbag of doom and we look at uh, the answers to the question of the week, which we asked on the very previous episode, which was, who's your favorite pet in comics? And we heard from a lot of people. So firstly, we heard from Jay Powers and he said, Dexter, the rage kitty, who's the red lantern kitty. Uh, who, mm. It's just a blue cat with a red ring, very angry, spews blood on people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a red lantern. Uh, Tim Price at Tim Price 17 uh, said he he asked himself how could he have forgotten the cat, and that was going to be his answer. And I'm not sure where the cat comes from, but I can see Power Girl and um, Guy Gardner in Justice the League Europe. There Justice we go. League Europe. Yeah. Okay. It was a stray cat that uh, Power Girl adopted, and right. it, uh, ended up having uh, some surveillance equipment attached to it, and it spied on the team. Hmm. Uh, of course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Pat Christatos, and he's a dynamite, the dog wonder. Ah, oh. okay. Dynamite. He, he was the, the one. Cartoon. Yeah, didn't he have the he have the extendable limbs and stuff, and was partly robotic. Yeah, it's like a go-go gadget dog sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ted, aka Justice Trek 2019, chimed in with definitely Crypto, the super dog. Crypto is such a classic. But yeah. you hate Superman, so you wouldn't know. I didn't say I hate. He's just, I, he just does nothing no, for no, me, okay? No, just move on, mate. You just move <laughs> on, mate. You brought it up. <laughs> uh, we heard from Ed Latore at Dr. Wife Quotes, and he said, uh, somebody already said Lockjaw, but the anime fan in me means it has to be Luna from Sailor Moon. How many pets literally have the thankless job of training pre- preteen girls to save the world? I've just been handed a note just now. Oh, Japan is a busy place, apparently. <laughs> Luna? I've never watched Sailor Moon. Nor have I, but I think Luna might be a cat. Ah, I okay. do recall seeing a cat in some of the artworks. So I'm going to assume it's a cat. Uh, the abominable Abel Padzilla <laughs> responded with, Mine is weird. I liked Hawkman's pet hawk from the Filmation cartoons. I liked him so much I was disappointed he didn't show up in the comics. As a side note, I also liked Hawkman's cool armbands from the cartoons and was disappointed they never appeared in the comics, too. Okay. <laughs> right. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Abel. God. Very specific. Mm. Um, we heard from Aaron Long, who one of the men behind uh, Comicosity, and he said robots, man. So um, if you're not unfamiliar with Aaron's work, he's fairly unhelpful when he does Question of the Week responses. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's nice that he chimes in and takes part, because, you know, he's a bit of a shut-in and doesn't get out very much. Uh, but, yeah, you know, he tries. <laughs> he, he tries my patience. Ah, uh, Ange, at Dr. Ange 70, chimed in with, seen in many mediums and many continuities, he's almost 60, it's my boy Streaky, Streaky the Supercat. So, yeah, there's, he, he provided us with four different versions of Streaky the Cat. Very cool. Yeah, and in the Supergirl comic show, too. Mm. Mm. Uh, Clinton at Coffee and Comics, uh, he said, In DC, I've got to go with Crypto the Superdog, and in Marvel, it's Lockheed the Dragon. Mm. Mm, Good choices. Yeah, I'd like a bit of Lockheed. Yeah, Lockheed was cool. Very cool. Uh, Raymond T. Jacques chimed in also with Gotta Be Crypto. So, a lot of crypto fans. Mm. Uh, Shmoby1, uh, our mate Moby, he said, Lion Cat for me from Saga. Yeah. Surprised there aren't more sausage dogs in comics. He's, he's a sausage dog owner. Ah, uh, okay. I was wondering what the reference was. 
Right, I was thinking, how do you get from lion cat to sausage dogs? Okay, anyway. Uh, Will Fish, at Will Fish, chimed in with a tie. He, he also said lion cat from Saga, but uh, he found lion cat to be an equal with Archie's dog, Vegas, from Afterlife with Archie. Oh, it's so uh, tragic. What happens with Vegas? Is that, hmm. the, is that the dog that kicks off the whole chain of events? No, that was um. Oh, that was Jughead's Jug- dog. Jughead's dog. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I I haven't read Afterlife with Archie in some time, so I knew there uh, was a dog involved somewhere, but I don't know what happens to Vegas. So don't tell me, because oh, okay. uh, we'll put the hashtag "No, you're crying there," and I don't want to know. Ooh. <laughs> It sounds good for the dog. Um, Bob Gar Ornella says, does Prote still count? No, Prote's not really a pet. He's a Legion of Superheroes companion blob thing. Um, <laughs> he said, the original best pet ever, rest in peace. Yes, Prote uh, sacrificed himself to save the Aww. team. Aww. Uh, to bring back Lightning Lad, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. Hmm. But he said, wait, if I still have time, changing my answer to Referto, who, uh, seriously, the best, that is Gru the Wanderer's dog, Referto. (laughs) Awesome, classic. The voice of reason in that comic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Sean Ross from the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast chimed in with Jonathan the Wolverine from Tom Taylor's amazing Wolverine book. So good. Okay. (laughs) Like they find basically a lab experiment animal that's actually a wolverine, and uh, they free him. And so then, you know, X twenty three, Laura and um, Honey Badger, uh, the the clone of X twenty three, they're running around with a literal wolverine as a pet. Right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's such a good comic. Anyway, cool. uh, we heard from our mate Kevin Wetter who said Barney and showed a photo of his cat Barney sitting on his long boxes. Mm, oh. you, you can relate, can't you? Yeah, don't get me started. Cats and comics, not a good mix. Ah, dear. Long Box of Darkness chimed in with Matthew, the Vertigo Sandman's pet raven. Was he really a pet, though? Uh, I guess he kind of did messaging... Mm-hmm. He did messages for the Sandman, if I recall correctly, but... Yeah, all right, I'll allow it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, t- Tim Price, our friend, uh, he said, uh, Tippy Toe from Squirrel Girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Tippy Toe, so cute. Yep. And uh, he also said Pizza Dog from Hawkeye for honourable yeah. mention. <laughs> pizza, pizza Dog was cool. The, the entire Pizza Dog issue, oh, that was so good. So good. It's a dog that likes pizza, it's not a... Pizza dog. No. (laughs) Thanks for clearing that up. Nathaniel from the Tough Like a Girl Comics podcast chimed in with Barnabas from Sandman. And I couldn't recall who Barnabas was until I just did a quick Google search. Barnabas was a dog who was uh, the companion to Destruction, which doesn't Ah. make a lot of sense unless you've read Sandman. Basically, seven endless beings, all their names start with D, uh, Destruction... Uh, being one of the the family, and yeah, he had a dog named Barnabas, and <laughs> and uh, he ended up becoming friends with Delirium, in the brief live storyline. That's right. Oh, mm, dogs are the best people. Anyway, they are. We heard from Bully, the little stuffed bull, which is a fables reference, if I remember correctly. And uh, they said, "Does Lockjaw count?" And uh, then they answered the question and said, "Then Lockjaw." So obviously, Ooh. Lockjaw is approved. That's the uh, the giant dog that hangs out with the Inhumans. I approve. Yes. Yes. Or is he an Inhuman that just looks like a dog? 
Perhaps, yes. <laughs> but it acts like a dog. Yeah. Has well, all the best yeah. traits of a dog. Yeah. Lucky him. Uh, Martin Gray. Uh, Mark Gray chimed in with, uh, the best is Crypto because he's such a good dog. The worst is Protee. I, Protee won because when you're not paying attention, he'll marry you? <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, Alan Middleton said Ace the Bat Hound, Batman's dog, yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Andy Macon at Andy INDK said it has to be Power Girl's cat, which would be the one we, we looked at earlier. Yep. Justice League Europe, yeah. Yep. Uh, Jesse Stewart said, Does Dexter the Red Lantern count? Um, he's Atrocitus's good kitty, yes. Yes. I think Dexter does count. Definitely count. Uh, Sarah Harris chimed in with pretty much any dog drawn by Steve Lieber, as he gives them so much personality, especially pretzels from The Fix. But special mention also goes to Inspector from Superior Foes. Yeah, both good choices. Uh, pretzels was a drug-sniffing dog uh, in the comic The Fix, which is about corrupt cops, basically. Uh, ah. And, uh, yeah, he kind of gets... <laughs> I think he gets kidnapped and used for, uh, like, a heist that the corrupt... Uh, crooked cops are going to do it's yeah I I started reading it and then it was one of those things that just fell off my radar but I think the series is finished now I have to revisit it anyway next one okay um, Kirk Spencer he said Pooch from the Losers so that was the dog that hang out with the the army squad in the Losers ah uh, okay mm-hmm. uh, Jason Snicked Venable chimed in with Jonathan the actual Wolverine <laughs> yep <laughs> And then we heard from Brian Bow. Um, what is Brian smoking? Because he's at Arcane's Unmen from Swamp Thing. They're like little, um, you know, feet with hands and eyes and yeah. stuff. And they're all sort of horrible mutants who grab people and stuff. Yeah. Hmm, I, okay. I, I guess <laughs> Anton Arcane uses them as pets, but yeah. Oh. You it's... couldn't find a more appealing pet than the Unmen? <laughs> oh, well, Brian. Uh, thanks, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah wow. Uh, Van Allen Plexico uh, chimed in with a picture of the Pet Avengers. So, Frog Thor, uh, Lockheed. Uh, said the Sabretooth is from... Um, Kazar. Kazar, yeah. Uh, Sabu, I think it is. Ah, that's right, yeah. I think I think that is. Uh, and uh, Lockjaw as well. And, oh, Red Wing from, um, I'm assuming that's a red wing up in the corner. And there's yep. another red cat. I, I have no idea who that is. But yeah, lots of pet Avengers. There you go. <laughs> I like Throg. Mm. Yeah. Um, the Fandom Zone podcast said, Sweet Boy from Saga. Sweet oh, Boy. Poor Sweet Boy. Oh, is that a dog? Uh, that is a dog that um, can shoot oh, darts from its nose. Yeah, no. Oh, I yeah, oh, sweet boy. Uh, Credible Hulk <laughs> uh, <laughs> chimed in with uh, a- another vote for Lockjaw with a piece of artwork saying, Lockjaw, who's a good boy? Hmm. Uh, Patrick R. Carey said, does Lockjaw still qualify? Yes, he does. Yes, yes he does. Uh, over on the Facebook page, we heard from Ryan Daly, who said the lion cat. Excellent. Yeah. Good choice. Max Trevor said another vote for the dragon Lockheed from... Cool. Uh, X universe. Yep. Uh, Ranger Gord said, "Winged Victory, the Shining Knight's trusted steed." Wow, oh, what an obscure answer! That's awesome, Ranger. That's cool. Yeah, thank you. That's Gord Tolton, I believe. Um, we heard from Roy Johnson, who said, 
Crypto or Ace covering your bets in the Superverse and the Batverse? <laughs> Jared Driscoll chimed in with uh, another one for Streaky the Supercat. Cool. <laughs> then we heard from Baruch Nahon who said, Throg, technically he's nobody's pet, but he was a member of the Pet Avengers, so it counts. Now he's with the uh, Asgardians of the Galaxy. Yes, he is. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, J. David Weta chimed in with Crypto. Another one for Crypto. And Andrew Watton Davies said normal uh, from Garfield. They are just so cute and adorable. Plus, their pleasantness gives Garfield plenty of scope for cynical quips. Wow. Mm. And uh, JJ Shack. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. This is JJSCHACH on the Twitters. Uh, said crypto and lion cat. Uh, the sheer idea of a dog which can run away in outer space is bonkers. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, Mike, have you got an answer for this one? Uh, I've got a couple, but uh, I'll. I'm going to go with Lion Cat from Saga, because that would be a really handy. It's it's like a giant cat, and you know he just makes sure everything is truthful around you. So. You know, that's a that's a pretty good skill for any sort of companion to have, really. So yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, say, I'll say Lion Cat. Yeah, what about yourself, okay. Paul? Um, it's so hard, but I, I think I have to go with Crypto. It's just um, the classic, you know, the super loyal dog with mm-hmm. superpowers. You know, who's always there for Clark in a pinch and Supergirl. Sure. You know, wherever he's needed. So yeah, and nice. uh, yeah, the. Whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow's story, that bit still breaks my heart. If that, oh, that's, well, I'll have to read it. Uh, yep. Okay, right. Cool. <sighs> you, you found my kryptonite, which is dogs. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, b- before we sign off, we also got an iTunes review over the summer break, or our summer break, uh, from Reggie Bird. So Reggie writes in his iTunes review, or their iTunes review, sorry. Uh, they waited for it to come. It came and went. Now they're waiting again. This show is good for long-time fans and neophytes to Doom Patrol. Paul and Mike are a great couple of guys. Five stars. Thank you very Aww. much, Reggie. You well, we're have... pretending. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Don't, don't shatter the illusion. Um, Reggie, you'll have to get in touch with us uh, to let us know your address so we can send you out a Waiting for Doom postcard as, as a way of saying thanks for your iTunes review which that offer is still open to anyone that leaves us a, an iTunes review on the iTunes so yeah <laughs> don't know where else you'd leave an iTunes review but anyway it's late and I'm tired so let's start signing off, Paul. Next time on the feed, what do we have coming up? Well, I think it's time for another DCOCD episode after a long pause. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do uh, Young Justice Sins of Youth for Young Justice. You know, that's timely with Young Justice coming yeah. back. Yep, yeah. Yeah. And um, when we get back to Waiting for Doom, it will be the final issues of the Arcudi run. Ooh. Clearing, clearing the decks for Volume 5 and the things that happen between then. So. Yeah. Nice. Cool. And we have another question of the week for our next episode, and that is, which comic character would you want as your bodyguard? Mmm. 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 Okay. 
That's an easy one. <laughs> anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out via Twitter at WFDPod. Say hi to Wilfred while you're there. You can email us at waitingfordoom at gmail.com or you can get in touch on the Waiting for Doom Facebook page. And don't forget to check out mygreatestadventure80.blogspot.com which is a excellent Doom Patrol blog run by our fellow Doom bro, Doug Zavisha. And that's us done for our first episode of 2019, Paul. Well done, thank you. Well done. We got there in the end. Yeah, we did. Alrighty, thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll catch you again next time for more Waiting for Doom. Um, all right, are you good to go? Um, yes, I am. Thank you. Right. Bloody ring over there. Yeah, stop fiddling with, I have had a bit of fiddling with things. <laughs> stop fiddling with your my, ring. I'll just pull my pants up and we'll get going. <laughs> There's the blooper. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, that would be inappropriate. It would be inappropriate. It would be inappropriate. We we wouldn't want you to be you of all people to be inappropriate, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> you inappropriate? Never. Alright. In three, two, one. Hello and well <laughs> Were you gonna say something there? <laughs> Would I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That would be inappropriate. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> ah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah. Two thousand nineteen off to a fan fucking tastic start. Alright, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the world's greatest Doom Patrol related podcast where each episode we talk long and lovingly about our favourite superhero team, the mighty Doom Patrol. Hi, I'm Paul. <coughs> Sorry, I heard you cut in then. Bullshit. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did cut in. I'm going to mute myself while you do your bit. Come on, straighten up. Hang on. Hey, I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks, and you can find our something in the fucking shit. Do you do this on other people's podcasts? <laughs> I haven't podcast for a week. Um, oh, oh, a whole week! Wow. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's just our show. You fuck up. Everyone else, you're on your best behaviour for. Right, I get it. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you want to start it from the no, top? No, this is gold. This is gold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Yes. Let's do, let's do it from the top. Let me just check the time. Sorry. Ten minutes. We're ten minutes in. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. What What also gives me hope is that speaking of Titans, as you did a second ago. They will be uh, getting released on Netflix here in Australia on the 11th of January. So uh, Really? That gives me hope that the Doom Patrol will not be too far behind their American release. So... <laughs> Could you excuse me? I've just swallowed a buck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said listen. <laughs>
<laughs> Indubitably, please remove the bog from your mouth in a timely fashion that suits one's uh, best. No, it's gone. It's gone down. I'm going to get a drink now so I can taste less bug and more drink. Just okay. a minute. <laughs> well, there goes my re- resolution to be a vegetarian. <laughs> It's all nutrients, it's, you know... Uh, it's a little one, at least. Well, that's that's good. At least it wasn't a moth. Don't say that. It's scary. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I'm, I'll, I'll leave it to you to work out where we were. <laughs> <laughs> I got no idea. <laughs> Jesus. Um, 